This is God Alive. This is the Exalted Pile Driver. This is Criff. I mean Arnold. This is Alex and Nick from Tyrannonaut. Greetings from the far Siberian deeps. Here is Peter of Isgerur Morph. This is Zeke Evil from Natal Quest. This is Nick from Hessian Firm. This is Jason from Sulaco. I'm eating a plain cheeseburger. What's up, everybody? This is Ross Dolan from Immolation. Hey, this is Brian Mason from Charmer, Sulaco, and Contrarian. Maybe BML. What's up? This is Sully. This is Mama Nat. Hey, this is Rick Dorff from Wolfpack 44, the Electric Hellfire Club, and Coven. This is Richie from Grave Huffer. We're Immortal Possession, and you're listening to Grand All right, it's episode 232. It is. We have another special interview lined up. We do. Um, a backstory on this. Uh, in July, there was a, a conversation had, I think, by me and Thor Schaefer. Um, the band Abstract was mentioned, and I thought Abstract would be a great band to play on our Grandma's Pantry segment. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some searching online, could not find anything anywhere. Thor fortunately had uh, a couple songs of theirs off of the Watchmen Studio compilation. We played, I think it was on the July 10th episode, we played an abstract song. Uh, People were like, oh shit, I remember this band. Yeah, There was... There was a nice response to it. Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, and then Brian Mason knew Matt from Abstract, mm-hmm. and I think tagged him in our show post. And yeah. then we started talking to Matt. And then, long story short, um, well, there was something else that happened in there too. What's that? So Scott had said, "Oh, you have unreleased tracks. Like, oh, yeah. put that shit on the interwebs." Oh yeah, yeah. And I chimed in and was like, or yeah. we can do a release. Yeah, yeah. And that just got the ball rolling. Yep. So their unreleased demo became our first release. Yes. And we're going to talk to them about that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have George and Matt on from Abstract and Brian Mason was kind enough to co-host. Yeah. So let's play a song off of the unreleased demo and then go into our talk with them. Here is Reflection.
you were kind enough to allow us to release the unreleased abstract demo as our very first release on CD. That's a lot of release. Yeah. A lot of release. Yes. Released, unreleased, so release. release. <laughs> so we wanted to talk to you about abstract and contortion and everything that's happened since then. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of history, definitely a long time ago, <laughs> and really, it's our it, the it's our pleasure because this whole thing was like so unexpected, and I've just been so tickled by it, and you know, just this this stuff. We we were teenagers when we made it, and just the fact that people still remember it fondly and uh, wanted to hear more of it was really humbling and. And fun. It's just, it's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of weird how it all happened organically too. Like these guys played an abstract song one week, and then suddenly here you are. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. That was wild. All yeah. of it. So Thor, um, randomly sent us. Right. He just was like, "Hey, I have this in my back pocket." Well, I or think, did you ask him for it? I think we talked about. We did. We talked about abstract, and I was looking, 
and I couldn't find anything. And he had um, from the Watchmen Studio compilation. Oh, is the comp? <laughs> yeah, he had some some stuff off of that, and I said I couldn't find it anywhere, and um, asked him if he would send it, and he did, and uh, I don't know, people loved it. That's what I was about to say because most of what we had was a cassettes. <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, where'd you find a cassette player? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah, I don't think we ever released anything on CD except for the, we were on the Watchmen yeah, Studios yeah. compilation. That was the yeah. first compilation too. Uh, and that was, uh, I think we were like the second or third song on it. Actually, I think we had another song on a, on another one of his compilations. Did we? Yeah. Yeah. I think we were on two of the, two of the compilations. Two or, yeah. I remember being on the first one. Uh, which is pretty sweet. Now they're on um, 547, probably. (laughs) So can you tell us how you guys met? Yeah. Um, We played on the same Pop Warner football team. (laughs) (laughs) Grease Chargers football, baby. That's right, man. Chargers for life. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we played. We played. We were eight years old. We were in the third grade. We both were on the uh, defensive line. But you wanted to be quarterback. Uh, always. <laughs> I still want to be the quarterback. Uh-huh. We would have won states if Coach put me in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, we, and, you know, we went to middle school together, too, and uh, high school and college. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, our kids are older now than we were when we met, which is kind of insane to think about. That was pretty wild. <laughs> but yeah, so we've known. I mean, George is in my will. Mm, I mean, I'm nice. not, if, when I die, he gets all my music stuff. Mm. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> That's true, though. That's I want that Trace Elliott. <laughs> you better watch your back. <laughs> Can I at least get that baby blue face that I re- redid for you? Yeah. You know, I was going to bring it, too. I feel like that's an important bass because it's the bass that bo- broke Brian's back. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. Uh, yeah, so Brian's here with me. He's done. He's done two bases. He did two bases for me. They're both beautiful, and uh, I still play them to this day. They're two G and L's. One was a first year production SB one, and that was a nineteen eighty one, and my eighty two SB two. I love yeah. that bass. I play the thing all the time. One of them like had a natural stain finish on yep. it. Yeah, yeah, that's the SB two. The other one we painted that yep. baby blue with the red red tortoise shell. Tur- yep. Yep. I gotta get a card from you. Actually, I had some students just ask me today if I knew Lutherans. Oh, really? Yeah, Luthiers. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so we've known each other for forever, and uh, it's awesome. And and he's not the only friend we have that's like that. Like a ton of our friends we've known since like elementary school, middle school. Nice. You know. So yeah, like our we were, we used to call our friends the crew back in the day. So. George started playing guitar before you started playing bass, right, Matt? That's right. Um, were you? So how did that? Well, in contortion originally, <clears throat> I feel like uh, Matt kind of joined the band so we could kind of put some songs together for our high school talent show. Mm. That was kind of, <laughs> I think that was because yeah. contortion was in a way a precursor to abstract. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, so the first band we played in was, you know, as George mentioned, it was it was called Contortion and. Uh, it was, you know, we were young. I was 14, you were 15. And I had uh, your brother was the original singer. Yep. Yeah, Brian, Brian Volk. He, he went on to sing for a band called In Here I Lie. 
Um, and uh, when he went to the military is actually when Abstract formed because Brian left and then that was kind of the end of Contortions. We were like, all right, now what? And actually Dom joined Contortion the very end yep. just playing guitar. So he was our second guitar player. And then right when Brian went to the military, that's when Abstract formed. Yeah. Uh, so Contortion ended because of me. I pulled a, I pulled the old it's him or me because we had a <laughs> oh your had, brother no the, we had a drummer who uh, I didn't get along with very well oh, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> and funny. so I went to George I'm like dude I can't do it anymore I'm like <laughs> we gotta we let's just blow the thing up and start over Brian's gone we got you know we got Dominic here and he can sing and it's just started to kind of and we were talking I can remember clear as day being in George's parents' kitchen, talking about, like, what kind of band do we want to have? And George was like, what about, like, like you know, doom, death, blah, blah, blah. And I kept saying, like, yes, but also, like, let's do whatever the hell we want. Mm -hmm. You know, and George was kind of like, what do you mean? And I remember us having this discussion, and you loved Steve Vai at the time. And I remember being like, you know, like, Steve Vai, you know, he does all different kinds of styles and stuff. Why don't we do, why don't we do that? And... You were like, I can remember like the wheels turning. I can remember pushing Dominic to bring the saxophone because he wasn't convinced at first. And we're like, dude, just bring the sax. Just like try it. Put it in something. Blah, blah, you know that. And he and he did. He eventually did. But he he wasn't so sure at first because like sax and metal is not like. <laughs> well, we <laughs> no one was doing the, that. We used it in like the jazz and the funk stuff. I mean, we really kind of went in every different direction. I always call it like. It was our ADD band, you know, like, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, cause we're at an age too, where, you know, we're all learning, we're taking in so much, but also like, we just loved all kinds of different music. Yeah. Like super eclectic. And I can remember actually when we named the band too, I remember you saying, you said, we just need a name like Bob's green hat, just something really abstract. <laughs> And I said, well, why don't we just call it abstract? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it stuck. And that yeah, was that. that's funny. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> well, you could call it abstract. And oddly enough, these days, a sax solo is not uncommon in metal. Really? Yeah, there's, there's a few bands that, are, that, that have sax solos now. Almost to the point now where people are sick of hearing it. So it's become kind of like, a jaded thing now that sure. no one wants to hear any more sax solos in metal. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I, I I have not even heard that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we, Rivers it, of Nile and um, Isan. Isan is that how you say his name? I think. Yeah, he he does some sax solo stuff, and it's like I think off. The top it of my definitely head. it confused our crowds. Like yeah. whenever, and not that you know, like. We would be playing, you know, it'd be heavy and people would be like, you know, like into it, banging their head or whatever long or, you know, moshing or whatever. And then, you know, out comes the saxophone and like <laughs> people, people would be, just be like, uh, what's happening? Oh, what do I do? We break into like a straight up <laughs> funk group or something like that. And... It's called jazz math. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I mean, nobody was really doing anything like that. I mean, I can't, I, I mean, there were bands like prog bands that we were really into like cynic and stuff like that, but they weren't doing anything quite like that. There were no, we didn't have a contemporary. I feel like that was 
We definitely didn't have a 100%. band to follow or to really, you know, to, to like a roadmap, you know? No, there was no, we loved all, like we definitely, and we nerded out on a, like a lot of the local bands too. Like I remember like just loving lethargy and like going to their shows and, and we were like kids in the scene. Like all those bands that were our peers were all grownups. I never drank a legal beer at one of our shows. You know, like <laughs> those guys would all like hang out and have beers and they were all older and cooler and we were, we would just go and like absorb everything and you know I could sure. definitely hear the lethargy influence on abstract. Oh sure. totally. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. hundred percent. Um yeah, they were like we just loved all that like tech metal. You know. That was what was kind of going on in the scene, whatnot. That was yeah. definitely an influence. Bands yeah. like Within. I remember we hung out with those guys a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, Pigmaster. Uh, they were, you know, they were around. Uh, Big Hair. Big Hair, yep. Big Hair was awesome. Uh, Todd was the bass player, singer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, got, yeah, he was great. Um, that was just such a cool sound with the violin and all that. Yeah, there were, I mean, there were definitely bands who were doing their own things. Uh, and yeah, we were influenced by, uh, I think we, we were influenced by being around them and going to shows and, uh, and all that. But there was nobody like when we came out where they could be like, you sound like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You def guys definitely had your own thing going on. Yeah, it was fun. And it was, it was, it was just, it was just a cool energy you know like we had so many friends that even just used to come by you know when we rehearsed constantly i mean we really worked our asses off at it we it was just about daily we practiced and uh it was fun it was that time where teenagers and it was kind of the place to be we'd be, we'd be in my basement where all our friends would hang out and just watch us rehearse and getting crazy stone <laughs> jamming out there was a lot of that <laughs> But it was all, you know, it was experimentation. I was, I was listening to the, the unreleased demo on my way here. And I, I remember at us adding a riff into illusions where there was a pause so that you and Dominic could get quarters out of your pockets and you'd put <laughs> them in your mouth. And then you'd play the next with the pick, drop the pick. Yeah. So, and then take the quarter out and like, we're always just like trying stuff and messing around and, uh, you know, it was just super fun. It was it was like this explosion of of experimentation and and uh, yeah, it was great. I had such a great time doing it. it was some of the, my fondest teenage memory. True, that was our childhood. It really was. It was like a huge chunk of our childhood. It was playing metal, doing shows, hanging with our friends, and it was a great time. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite show? I know one of my favorite kind of shows, I guess, and it was just because the the place it was was literally my friend Perry's kitchen. <laughs> that was we a great played show. parties. So Dude, many I, people talk about that. Yeah, Nikki was talking to me about that the other yeah, day. Yeah, one of our. I mean, we used to have like he was saying our, our close friends, and I remember we. I don't know if we did it more than once. I feel like we might have. Mm -hmm. We used to play house parties at this our friend's house, and like just playing in his kitchen was like our. It was like a split level. Yeah, it was like a split level, and the kitchen was raised up, and they would clear out all the furniture, so we kind of like had like a little stage there. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely some shows that I'm sure even might have been better, but it was like just that the nostalgia of the 
Oh, yeah, like a packed house. I mean, a packed kegger you house know. party when you're, you know, 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blind Babies was really good, too. That was fun. That was Yeah, we fun. played uh, Blind Babies Holiday. They gave us a really nice slot on, I think it was the Saturday night or the Friday night. And All our friends camped out with us. Yeah, and that's why it was super fun. You know, like there was a lot of people there and all that. And uh, it was a cool vibe. But uh, yeah, all of our friends were there and just partying, camping, and, you know, sitting by the fire and. Super fun show too. Awesome. How long was would you say contortion was active, and then how long was abstract active? Contortion was shorter. Contortion was, was like what ninth grade? I think I'm, I'm thinking in terms of like our high school, <laughs> our high school yeah. years timeline. I think it was like ninth to like eleventh, and then abstract kind of picked up towards the end, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was like they were pretty equal, maybe. Like yeah, abstract. Maybe like two and two. Yeah, I think so. Abstract was short. actually I think abstract was shorter. Was it? About, yeah, because contortion was like nine, ten, eleven. Abstract. Let's was think like, about this. Dom was fifteen, and he did it until he went to Berkeley. Yes, that's right. That's where that's. When... So that was like three years. Yep. So abstract was like three. I think contortion was like two. Yeah, maybe that's maybe, maybe what abstract was or contortion was nine, ten. Yeah. Was yep. Yeah. So it's about two and three, I'd say. Hmm. Hmm. And did you guys, um, did you play in bands at school, jazz band or anything like that? I did. I played with, Do actually, I played with Dominic in jazz band. Yeah. And then I played, I w when I went to Odyssey, I played, played in Odyssey jazz band. band. Yeah. With a really great saxophone player, uh, Terrence Bruce. He's a local guy. Uh, he's been around. He's just been a, a rock in the jazz scene for a super duper long time. Super nice guy too. So, hmm. um, Matt, I heard that you may have played drums in a punk band. <laughs> yes. So I always had side projects when I was in Contortion and Abstract. So I had, yeah, I had a punk band that I played drums in called The Offbeats, mm -hmm. ironically. And then uh, I had another one. It was like kind of like half joke band. It was called Female Dog. Mm. And that was during... Uh, abstract and that was like let's just write heavy he just as heavy grooves as we can mm -hmm. and then uh i just i kept jamming with those guys and then when abstract ended i was like okay well maybe i should make this like a real band and we renamed it and we started writing and we started using some of the stuff i had written during abstract and then some of that stuff that i wrote in abstract ended up being like in the legacy Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, which was my funk band in my 20s. Hmm. It was a great band. I, br I brought a track for you. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I it, it made me think, though, what would have happened to Abstract if we had kept going. So Abstract ended because Dominic went to college. He got accepted to Berkeley School of Music. And it was, it was kind of sad for me. I mean, I was happy for him. But... We tried to keep it going, if you remember. We oh, added, yeah, yeah. We added a new drummer. We added a saxophone player. And then and I think Kobe. we changed the name. and Yeah, we, we kept tried. kind of a similar vibe, kind Yeah. It just kind of just, fell apart. Yeah, it just didn't have the same energy. You add in more people. And the energy yeah, Dom was such a core kind of. He really was the core of the band. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was uh, I think I mentioned it, 15 when we first started. And he played guitar, sang saxophone he also wrote 
a ton with you. Yeah. George and Dom were, I would say, wrote the majority and I contributed. And one of the songs on the unreleased EP was, was mostly mine, but you guys were definitely like the core writers for sure. And, and yeah, Dominic just, uh, just incredible talent. And, yep. uh, I mean, just total, totally great energy on stage. And, you know, uh, it was just great, great to play with. Um, or what was I talking about though? What would have happened if we oh, had yeah, kept yeah. going? Yeah. What do you think? Do you think we would just, cause I remember at the end we, th we were doing, do you remember like Diaz for Dorian? Mm-hmm. I still play that once in a while. <laughs> uh, but it's a great bass line, uh, George wrote. And um, like that was just a straight jazz tune. And I we I remember us discussing like if we keep writing stuff like this, should we have a metal set and play metal shows and then have a jazz set and play oh, that's cool. elsewhere? I remember us having that discussion. I'm curious where we would have gone. Yeah. I mean, I think... With that band, I don't think we really ever tried to keep it super structured or have rules or it's no. just, you know, whatever the hell comes out is what we play. Yeah, we were never like, we are this kind of band or this is our image or we should wear this on stage or we never had, it was never like that. Well, I think that was <clears throat> the part of, you know, being that young and not really knowing what we're supposed to do and just having fun, you know, it's kind yeah. of the, the beauty of that. It really was. It Fun, well, I think, was the bottom line. <laughs> it was. Before you're old enough to really know better and be like, okay, we need to, you know, have a theme and and try to get this type of following and yeah, and that's sort this of way. a gift to. Not that that's not the right thing you should be doing. <laughs> a lot of times, that's the shit that kills bands. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's yes. the part that's not any fun. Right. To yeah. Talk about that stuff. Or it, they they were too worried about. Uh, the you know the spontaneity of the songwriting goes because they're too worried about how people are going to react to the song. No longer writing for yourselves, you're writing yeah. for other people. Yep. Yeah. And it's important to try and kind of keep that in check. Sometimes it's, it's interesting. I've played in, in bands where you start to build a following, and, and when you play a lot live, and you you know you're writing less, you can start to see how your music, your writing follows like what your audience kind of responds to. So I kind of see how sometimes bands fall down that kind of rabbit hole of yeah. writing for the audience versus writing for yourself, just because the more you're playing, you're, 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 you're watching the response. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. it's like, but it's hard, you know, you have to find that balance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's kind of, and also I think there's, there's a gift to being young and not being necessarily aware of, or being fearful of making something bad. You're just making Sure. You know, you're just caught in a moment. You're young. You're having fun, and you don't really worry about What's whether this that? idea is going to work or not, or yeah. whatever. You're just going forward. Like I feel like I, I, I butchered a lot of the songs by taking everything I learned in my guitar lesson and just forcing it into a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. I feel bad for these guys. <laughs> I, I do that. I mean, I learn a new lick. It gets thrown into a contrarian yeah, song immediately. Exactly. <laughs> there was a lot of that. Like, dude, I just learned this new thing. Yeah, yeah. I definitely crammed everything I learned into every song. <laughs> even if it, even the song wasn't better for it. But Hey, I just oh, learned well. that noise with a quarter. So watch out for the new slot. <laughs> Literally on the way here, I was listening to the demo. I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> it's such a weird sound because it doesn't sound, it sounds like a pick scrape, but it doesn't sound like a pick scrape. 
So yeah, it was a quarter. It's a slide. It's literally just a slide. <laughs> you throw. Did you guys ever get um, paired up with uh, like an odd, really odd band to play live with? Like that just didn't make sense. We played with all kinds of bands. We yeah. used to play, you know, we used to play with a ton that that I thought was, worked great with us. It was a punk band, Section Eight. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. They worked th- great with us. I think that was kind of one of the things is like there wasn't really necessarily bands that completely did make sense. So mm-hmm. it was. I think we got paired with all kinds of different mm-hmm. bands. You know, I think there was probably bands that helped us more, so that made more sense as far as our crowds. You know, probably inner. You know, more people that would that would uh probably dig both bands mm-hmm. but i but i think no matter what it it always kind of worked out well, i mean at yeah. that time especially in the prog metal you know the, the it was so varied to begin with sure I mean, lethargy didn't sound like big hair big hair didn't sound like pig master yeah you know pig master didn't sound like whatever gaylord or whatever it's like uh it was so it was just a prog metal fest getting thrown into one and they all played they all played the shows together, you know. Bug House would be on with Lethargy ten, nine out of ten times. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> we played a ton. With, and that's with a good point. I felt like at the time, the the scene, like you just made a point, there was a lot of bands that really didn't sound like you had Bug House. It was Lethargy. It was within. I mean, I'm just thinking of the bands that we played with at the time, and none of you know those bands were very different and definitely didn't yeah. sound anything like us, mm-hmm. you know. And it all worked, you know. So. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember ever there being like a dud, like, oh man, why do we play with those guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and usually you like, you're going to each other's shows anyways, and you're yeah. enjoying these other bands and like introducing yourselves and, you know. Uh, I think we we're just happy to be accepted because we were so young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and most, in, yeah, and we were, we were young. We had a lot to learn. I can remember, <clears throat> I was actually, I think I, I think I had messaged you on Facebook about this after Lon had passed. Yeah. I remember he, he was, he was probably a good seven, eight or so years older than me, at least. And, um, I remember one time I was like sitting at the Penny Arcade bar and, and, he and i mean this all like an appreciation but he was like he and i were the only guys who had trace elliott amps and mine was sitting up on stage because we were opening and he was like there's something to the effect of like you know you're fucking up your eqs right and i was like i was like what that's just proof that line never changed (laughs) totally (laughs) he wasn't like hey buddy let me give you a tip or two about that trace. <laughs> and he, but, but then I was like, what? And he, and he was like, no, look. And then he explained it. He's like, you know, you want, you want like a bend and across the mids and, uh, you know, it shouldn't be stark arcs like you have it. And he actually went up and he set up my head for me and I watched him and I left it. I've, I haven't changed it. Right. It's still nice. the same. Oh, that's pretty well. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's still, and it's, it was like, so he we, dialed we it in. still have that. His trace up in our room, we have a little lawn corner there with his rig there, and that trace Elliott still exists. And uh, we also had two backups. Oh wow! So one of them is actually on consignment at Sound Source right now, and the other one's just needs to get fixed, and we'll probably sell that. But yeah, so he loved the trace Elliott. <laughs> oh yeah, he know how to work those things. But that, I mean, I mean, you put it on one, he was, you know, brown note. 
I mean, it was super loud just on one. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I remember speaking a lot. I remember playing with Mung Bean Demon. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah those guys were really cool. He was he was really a uh, you know really really uh, accepting of, our, of of that band at the time. You know. Yeah, for sure. So I th- feel like that was one of the things we are like as a band we're you know doing something very different. We weren't sure how it was going to kind of you know be accepted or you know what people were going to think of it. So it was like, uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they, it seemed like people were pretty chill, pretty open about it, pretty cool about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, the if only I time, didn't like it, you would have known. Yeah, true. <laughs> so true. Yeah, the only, was, the only, only time I remember somebody ever saying something to me negative, it was we played with a crust core band. Maybe this answers your question. Okay. <laughs> we played with a crust core band in Buffalo. And uh, I remember... Uh, the guitar player after the fact he you know came up to me and he was like you know man all that that heavy shit man it's, it's really good but why the fuck are you playing all that pussy shit in between and i was like uh, <laughs> i didn't know how to answer that because yeah. i'm a pussy i guess <laughs> so maybe maybe we, we yeah there might have been the last crust core band we played with that's funny <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask both of you um, if there was a guitar bass player that you like first heard or saw that influenced you like when you first started playing and also um, tying into that can Matt can you tell the story about how you joined Contortion oh yeah sure so um, do you want to uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you I can tell you both. I can answer both questions okay. and I'll let George answer his, but I remember it clear as day. Cause I've thought about it a lot. My brother's three years older than me and he came home with the cliff and all documentary. Hmm. And, uh, I, and I knew Metallica, but I didn't really know anything about the history of the band or mm-hmm. anything. And I'm probably like 12 or something like that. And he puts it on and it opens up with anesthesia pulling teeth. Hmm. And like it, was like the axis of the earth had shifted for me. And I was like, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I worked, I mowed lawns and, uh, saved up my money. And I bought a, uh, a Hondo base. It was like a P base knockoff for $50. <laughs> and that got me going. And, uh, yeah. And I'm so grateful for that. Cause it, you think I, I have thought about that, not just because I started playing bass after seeing that, but, you know, like I made friends and had experiences that have been a huge part of my life that are some of the best parts of my life. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. So it wasn't just like, Hey man, here's, you know, I play bass now cause I suck with Burton. It's, it's all, it's all the stuff that came with it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, your other question was how did I join contortion? So mm-hmm. I contortion was our first band. We were young. We mentioned that, but, um, I was not very good yet. I had probably been playing for a year or less, I'm sure. And I had a shitty band that I was playing with my brother and uh, the drummer the in Contortion, Brandon. And uh, we were bad. We were terrible. <laughs> I, we, we didn't have a guitar player. And I, I would like crank everything up on my amp so it would distort. And so I was like, <laughs> like being a, a guitarist slash... <laughs> bassist you know like mm-hmm. wishing i was cliff burton with a you know distortion and uh 
<laughs> so it was terrible. Anyway, I can remember George coming over with Tim and like, I could see them like just dying laughing in the corner and no. like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was bad. It was really bad. And, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't like the worst thing ever, but it was just like maybe one tick above the worst thing ever. <laughs> And uh, second worst thing. So it was the second worst thing. <laughs> that was actually the name of the band. It was the second worst thing ever. <laughs> and uh, so, anyways, but George, <laughs> I don't remember how it happened, but George ended up asking Brandon and Brian to come play with him, and they didn't have a bass player. And I was definitely not first on the list, but they had. They were going to play the high school talent show, and they needed somebody. And they had two songs. They had "Anti Sanctimony" off the first demo oh we and did slayer season we in the did abyss. seasons in the abyss by slayer and so i learned the tracks and i got up to speed we played the talent show we won and then i got the bass gig and then the rest was george being stuck with me <laughs> <laughs> so what was your what was your moment because i think i know what it is oh i actually i was i'd probably have to credit my brother my brother who's 10 years older than me uh i remember when i was a kid i wanted to watch like I was probably like, you know, 10 years old. I want to watch like Cartoon Network and my older brother made me watch like heavy metal videos like Ozzy and Iron Maiden. <laughs> and I think that was probably how I got into it. You know, I, I feel like uh, for me, it was probably Randy Rhodes from Ozzy. I remember just watching him forcing me to watch Ozzy videos. And then all of a sudden, I think I just got hooked. I got really into Randy Rhodes and I'm, I think it was like a similar thing. You know, I want to do that kind of thing. I just got really into it and that was it. I remember going... I remember writing Ozzy on my knuckles when I was probably like eight years old. <laughs> I'm sure my teacher must have been uh, maybe a little concerned, but. Uh. Yeah, I should have mentioned when we met and George was on the football team, George was the one kid on the football team with like this long metal head hair flopping out of the back of his head. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Once in a while, somebody would think he was a girl yeah. on the team. Yeah. He, he's been metal since since the crib <laughs> <laughs> so when you mention your brother george is that tim no it's actually my oldest brother my oldest brother rick who's okay not even a musician you know he was just into music mm. and so just i felt like him just him you know having somebody that's older kind of showing me the ways and be like you need to listen to this you know i think that's i feel it's interesting because i'm a i'm a teacher i teach music myself and a lot of times when i see kind of younger kids especially like in like metal or something like that a lot of times i'll be like do you have an older brother or somebody that's you know some kind of older mm -hmm. person influencing you know a lot of times you know you see that very often mm -hmm. especially when you see it like younger younger kids you know like mm -hmm. some that's eight or nine getting into like death metal or something yeah. like that you know a lot of times it's that influence of a you know a sibling or a parent or mm. like definitely is what got me mm -hmm. um so Tim played bass, right? Yep, yep. Did you guys ever play together? That's interesting. No, and then actually not at all. Me and my brother at the time, we did not get along at all. Mm. But we were into a lot of the same stuff. But, you know, just being so close in age, we used to fight over everything. Mm. So we actually... Because yeah, you guys are a year apart, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, so no, pretty much nothing. <laughs> no. And stylistically, I think the bands you guys were in were quite different right yeah actually he at the time i remember growing, he was in a lot of the Euro more european stuff like the black metal and stuff like that mm. where i was probably into more of the american like mm -hmm. death metal and you know bands yeah. like death more of an angel more, yeah 
you know, influenced by a lot of different stuff, jazz, where he was actually a lot of more of the European stuff. And he listened to a lot of the obscure, you know, very obscure stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, a lot popular. So yeah. is, not to skip ahead, but is there going to be any new abstract material? You never know. <laughs> I sure hope so. I, I I I have a lot of ideas. Um, I have like metal into bluegrass. I have, <laughs> uh, I'm not even kidding. Like on the cigar box guitar with a slide, I've got this lick coming out of like a metal. I see bluegrass bands playing like Iron Maiden. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, I got ideas. I'd love it. I think that's I think I think that's feasible. I'll say that. I got ideas, though. That's more likely than a live show, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I live show. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I can't see it happening. But um, but I'm hopeful we can get together and write. Uh, it's a lot easier now with home recording. You know, George has a home studio, and so do I. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think we could get it done for sure especially with all like the amp modeling and you know, like everything. Cause it, like George doesn't have a half stack to get around anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> sold the mess of boogie. Yeah. Don't have that anymore. <laughs> that was a cool amp. It was a cool amp. I think it was bassier than my trace. <laughs> it probably weighed three times as much. God, I can remember lugging that thing upstairs. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Had to- Bug my friends. Hey, somebody want to help me with this? <laughs> what was that one? I had what a was styled that? steel road case. Yes. What What was that one place? I'm sure you played it too. It had an up and a down, and it was kind of gothy. Oh, oh vertex. 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 Carrying it up that vertex, those vertex stairs. Oh my god, that thing was like a nightmare. I hated that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I had like the nice tidy trace cabs separate cabs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. separate cabs the 210 and the 15 and it was like way lighter and you could i can actually carry that stuff myself i i and but even i i have a a combo now too so yeah nice um do you think it would be how, how would it sound do you think Compared to the old stuff, metal into bluegrass. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's just thing. one. Lick. Probably just like abstract. I have no idea what it would sound. Yeah, like. yeah. It would be. I would hope it would be an explosion of whatever. Yeah, I. I don't know. I. It would definitely have funk. It would definitely have groove. Definitely have groove. Like groove metal licks. You know. I think it would have. A lot. I think it would be abstract. I think. I don't think any of it. I don't think we would get back together and you'd be like, what band is this? Uh-huh. If I was like, dude, it's a new abstract. You'd be like, I feel like you'd know it. And it wouldn't totally shock you. <laughs> How did you guys meet Brian? Well, uh, at birth, <laughs> you're talking about my brother. Oh no, no, no. you're talking about this Brian. Brian. I just met him today. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so, did you used to play in Mungbean? No. Which one? Which bands did you play in back then? Um. So. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is your scroll. Th- this, requires this is your a metal life. <laughs> so I, I like to think I officially met Matt when I worked on his first base or the first base I worked. <laughs> but um, no, there was uh, a time when I lived in Florida from '92 to '94. And when I came back to Rochester, it was 
corn. Yep. Like uh, just a bunch of new metal stuff. And that in Florida, that wasn't even down there yet. Like it was still death metal and thrash. All my friends were in new metal bands. I didn't know about this whole scene with Lethargy and Pigmaster. And I didn't know about any of this stuff when I moved back from Florida. So I'm like, I guess I have to play new metal now. Um, <laughs> so here I am suffering, and we have to find a bass player. Matt comes up to uh, this one thing. And um, by then, I had already heard of Abstract. I've heard of Lethargy. I've heard of. and uh, But I didn't know you personally. And you watch this practice, and you're, and you're just like, well, you're not very interesting or something like that, or you don't you don't really do it. I'm like, I know. And you're like, well, I used to be in this band called Abstract. I'm like, dude, I'm like in my head. I'm like, literally, I'm like, dude, can I come with you? <laughs> it, it, was, it wasn't that much longer after that that I, was, I joined um, Within. Oh, but, nice. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Awesome. So we definitely yeah. played shows with those guys. Yeah, uh, after or before I was in the band, okay. for sure. But uh yeah, so it, it was it was straight. the first time I met Matt was Matt being completely honest and agree, basically agreeing with what I already knew in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, here I am doing da 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 da, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was eager once I found out because I it took me a couple of years to um, uh, one of my best friends in high school was Steve Nadwetsky, and he was the original guitar player in Lethargy. Oh, that's right. He played it uh, Buried Beneath, too. Yeah. I remember him coming to my house. <laughs> and uh, I moved back from Florida. He's like, you know, I was in this band called Lethargy. I just I just stopped being in it. And I was like, cool. You know, I just assumed it was going to be another one of those new metal bands. And then I happened to see Lethargy by accident. They were opening for somebody at Water Street. I was like, oh, shit. And that just opened up a whole new world for me in this city. Oh, yeah. But uh, they, were, they were phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, like, they were... I loved. I, I saw him as many times as they could. Ryan, Ryan from Bug House was one of my best friends in high school too. I just I was hanging out with him, like we would go over to a friend's house and play guitar and stuff like that. And again, I'm at Water Street and I see him playing guitar up on stage. I'm like, dude, you didn't even tell me you were in a band. <laughs> I'm like, we've been hanging out for the past two months, dude. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, but Matt and I. When I started working on guitars, uh, I don't know how you got my name or anything, but yeah, it was just like one of those things, like a word of mouth kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, like hey, I'm looking for, hey, you know anybody who could refinish this guitar or whatever? Yeah, oh, yeah, try this guy. Yeah, yeah. So we worked together on a couple of uh, refinishes, and then uh, we've always just kind of sporadically chatted here and there. Yeah, usually mm -hmm. I'm harassing about like how to do something. Yeah, building a guitar. <laughs> And he's always graciously responded. So Absolutely. thank you. It's because it's never harassment. I enjoy helping people. <laughs> Wait, so go back to the story where I told you you sucked. You didn't say we sucked. <laughs> You're just like, it's kind of, you know, boring. Or something like, you know, we're, we're talking almost 25, 30 years ago. So. That's so bold. But, but oh, oh, dude, I, my other, the other guys in my band were like, that guy was a dick. And I'm like, I agree with him. <laughs> Well, I was kind of a dick, probably. Uh, and, and, and I was like, I, I really want to go do whatever he's doing. <laughs> I didn't tell that to them, but I was just like, I really wanted out of that situation. Um, that actual band, uh, we got some, we basically reconstructed a whole band. And it ended up being like somewhere between new metal and proggy kind of stuff. But it still never got quite to where I wanted it, so... 
Um, I tried my best with that band, and then um, uh, the whole uh, Chris and Fred were in Hate Machine at the time. Yeah, I knew those guys. And uh, they were wanting to do something more interesting for them again too so we started with in back up and i joined yeah it's i so i was so i I don't think i've ever i don't know if you ever i think you know this but um so it was like like three months before hate machine got their their deal and they had offered me the bass gig Mm -hmm. and um i i remember do you remember this i feel like it sounds familiar yeah and I was going to take it. I was in college at the time and, uh, their manager called me up and like, Hey, can you come down at my office and meet me? And, uh, she said like, <clears throat> look, like you're in college, you know, you're going to go off. You're going to have a career. Like these guys are, you know, they're in a van, they're, they're eating out of soup cans, you know, they're crashing on whoever's couch. And like, you sure that's, what you want. I mean, like you really got, you know, and like, and, and, uh, I was like, I thought I wanted that, but now it doesn't <laughs> sound so good. She did. She talked me out of it. And I, I mean, I graciously, you know, I told them no, but I, the next semester I changed my major from music to music to, uh, communications. And that was that. And then I became a writer. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, it was weird though. How like the thing you wanted the most became, I was like, maybe, maybe I want a 401k. Right. Yeah. 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 But you know, it turned out for the best because nothing happened with hate machine slash omni blank really yeah i mean it still would have been fun i mean i'm sure yeah, it would have had a great blast. time playing yeah. with those guys they, you know they had some fun stuff and you know it wasn't uh it wasn't my wheelhouse per se but right like it was like i still had fun going down to their jam space and and playing with them and stuff and i remember like i remember uh just fucking around, like playing uh, Primus and and L yeah. was like hopping. We oh, playing yeah, yeah. like Jerry was a race car driver. And <laughs> L, you know, L was like oh, hopping in. And I had fun playing with those guys. They were, they were cool dudes. Yeah, they were. Scotty was another one of my good friends. He he was a, he went to Eastridge when I went to West Ironicite, but um, but Scotty Maynard and I were always like, that's the guitar player from Eastridge. That's good. I'm the guitar player from West Ironicite. That's good. And then we'd all get, to, you know, there would be a couple times where we had this one drummer and then like Scotty and I would be there at the same time and we'd just shred it off for it, you know? <laughs> nice. And Scotty could shred. Don't let Hate Machine fool you. <laughs> Scotty was a good guitar player. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. No, I remember. Uh, I, I, he had a cool, he, I like, I liked his writing style. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember most about him. Um, well, it's funny because I I worked with Scotty for a bit, and I know we're going off on a tangent here, but he's like, the first hate machine stuff, I literally just ripped off um, machine head riffs. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, they're just machine head riffs, drop down to him. <laughs> like, well, at least you're honest about it. <laughs> I, the thing I liked about them is they had like a great energy on stage. Oh, yeah. They, they, they really brought it. Oh, uh, they were... They were one, they were literally one of the best in the region at what they did for sure yeah 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 for sure so you mentioned the 
Matt or George. Um, you two and Dominic um, all went to college for music, right? At least started for music. Yep. Um, was there, after you guys finished school, was there any talk about getting the band back together or anything like that? No, I don't remember us ever being, I mean, like I would have done it, but. Funny as it is, I think Dom's brother was probably the, yeah. <laughs> the biggest uh, proponent for trying to get the band back together yeah. more than anybody. Well, I mean, like, in my opinion, you guys were like, I think by the time 20s, you guys were like legitimate musicians. Like you guys were very, you, you were seasoned professionals in your craft. You were focused on jazz and blues and funk and, and, and excelling at it. And, and I think that's, that's where you guys put to put your energy. Um, for me, changing my major also made music, uh, just a fun thing for me. Mm -hmm. And that was very freeing mm -hmm. because I didn't have to be the best. You know, I didn't, there was no pressure to write the greatest song. I can just have fun and still really enjoy it. Um, and so for me, music has always been that. So I still make music. Um, I have a project out. Uh, it's called the Desmonds with a Z. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think I shared it with you. I, I, yeah. I remember Brian got that. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's like a, a pop folk, mm -hmm. jazz, blues, kind of a kind of a thing, and uh, so I and and I could have you know just like a a root down funk band and stuff like it like at, uh, the legacy, um, and Greg, the drummer from Abstract, played in the legacy with me. Oh, um, so uh, it was. Uh, I, music has always been a part of me um, and it didn't have to be the focus because I had a, you know, I, I had a great job. I've always had a great job. I'm a writer. I'm a copywriter. Um, and I've, I've had really great luck in, in, in being a writer and, and, uh, and, and I'm lucky to do something I love. Mm -hmm. um, and I still get to make music. Can you, I wanted to, you, you told me about, um, so the Desmonds is really good. Very different from abstract. Yes. Really good stuff. It's like songwritery kind of stuff. Yeah. Um can you can you tell people how you recorded the drums? Because that, yeah, that yeah. seemed crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have like a large mixing board and I have limited mics. I think I have four drum mics. Uh a bass drum mic and some tom cymbal mics. So um, what I did was I recorded my drum beats one track at a time. So I would record just the ride beat and I would just do that. <laughs> yeah. And then I do, I do the bass drum. I'd record just the bass drum, but it was kind of cool. Cause I could make the bass drum sound really dope. Mm -hmm. I could make that ride. Perfect. You know, you, I can you got get no the, bleeding between. Exactly. So everything is like super isolated. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And it, and it, I, it was the best it, for me. It's just, you know, was it necessity is the mother invention. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, uh, that's what it was. I didn't have, you know, I don't have a, a full huge mixing board. I think my mixing boards got like, I might, I, and I don't even think I had the mixing board when I recorded those drums. So I was just single mic into each one and do it that way. Get the brushes out, do the ride. 
you know, and then, and then it also allowed me to do more intricate things too. Mm -hmm. I could do like a very syncopated, you know, like ride rhythm that I couldn't do on my own if I were playing the kit, mm -hmm. you know, as it were. And the same with the snare, you know, I could do like extra, like little Philly things that I could not pull off if I were just playing it. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, and all that stuff was recorded at my home or kitchen table or, you know, wherever I could get a good sound and, um, and I do, uh, I usually go direct through my trace head as well for the mm. bass. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I have a few handful of mics, nothing crazy, but that's a great thing about technology. Now that's what, you know, we're talking about mm. the abstract recording. That's why I think that's probably the most feasible thing is cause we could, we could probably pull it off. You use what you got. Yep. Yeah. I produced, uh, one of my band's audio influx and I started off with a two track, uh, interface that I did I did a couple of the tracks on the drums basically just had two mics and that's what you got yep you gotta make it work is that band current George audio influx oh uh, no that it's been kind of a hiatus hiatus we do we used to do like a do like a show a year um for the last couple of years but definitely band playing anymore do you, <laughs> do you have a current band um, I was working on an album with uh, my band, the elementals, but even that band's still kind of not even, uh, mm -hmm. not even really performing or anything, but we're still trying to finish this one record that we were working on. Mm -hmm. That's probably the, the most current original project that I've been doing. Uh, and hopefully we finish that record within at, at some, any point at this point, uh, but not currently not really just kind of working on my own stuff, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just solo stuff. I guess it's a good time to announce George and I's bluegrass metal band. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out soon. <laughs> so we, we mentioned that the three of you went to school to for music. Um, I think is George the only one that made a career out of music? Probably. Yeah, because Dominic went back to school for psychology. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, you're the only one, I think, full-time... Yep, musician. Yeah, Greg's a Greg was always a, like a mechanic. He always mm -hmm. worked as a mechanic mm -hmm. and stuff. I'm not sure if he's still doing that now, but he was never a full time. Uh, you know, he was like me. Yeah, yeah. I'm running a uh, music school, basically. Uh, actually, teaching people how to play in rock rock bands. I'm doing a thing. I, I do like a, like ensembles, like a ten week course, where basically, basically, I'm teaching people how to play in a band, and there's a performance in the end. Nice. Yeah, it's fun. What what's that called? Your oh, it's just Miller School of Music, mm -hmm. and I'll well basically I'll do like a, these separate groups where I'll get like two guitar players, a bass player, and they'll pick five or six songs, um, and then there's a and I'll do the, usually the performances at Boulder Coffee, and it's a lot of fun. You know, actually I, I get to direct the band from the drums, so I get to play drums. So that's fun for me. Nice. Yeah. Um, I hate asking this question, but how did you survive through like the the COVID stuff? Actually, uh, funny enough, I learned how to teach on Skype. Mm. I was doing a lot of Skype lessons. Wow, cool. I mean, I definitely definitely hurt. You know, I, mm. I took a hit like everybody, but uh, you know, got through it, and I definitely have the benefit of that. Like, I never taught before that, never did anything on Skype, and then after that, I got pretty comfortable with the latency because that's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a huge latency that you have to 
kind of learn how to do. And it's still super awkward. Like you can't really do any live playing or interacting. Mm. So there's definitely still an awkwardness, but you know, I do, I do have the ability, like sometimes I'll have students that'll move out of state or something. And now I can keep that, you know, keep, keep that student um, without losing them. And, uh, you know, so there was some value there, but definitely that was pretty much it. Had to move everything. I remember teaching out of my basement for six months. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, wasn't so bad at first. <laughs> Definitely got old after a little bit, though.
that was the follower by contortion off of their first demo cry of the vikings and thank you to thor schaefer for providing that matt what was your first concert megadeth um <clears throat> yeah megadeth and then pantera was my second one but yeah it was uh at the rochester uh city center megadeth and it was the uh uh euthanasia was it euthanasia was that the name of the album it's like the old dude like floating yeah. on the cover mm -hmm. yeah euthanasia mm -hmm. yeah it was the euthanasia tour hmm. i'm pretty sure wait Wait, no, or was it the one before that? The one with like the alien on the air, like the, <laughs> you know, the one I'm talking about? It's like the alien and there's, I don't know, it looks. Uh, Rust in Peace? No, Rust in Peace was the one before that. There's Peace Cells and Who's Buying was the one before that, I think. I don't know, it was Megadeth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and well, it was actually a really great show. Um, and suicidal tendencies were supposed to, I remember this, they were supposed to open. And then like the the dude the like I think with the guitar player like broke his hand skateboarding and huh. a local band ended up opening huh. they were called Zozos or something like that. Yep. You remember them? Zozos, yep. Yep. And then uh Pantera was definitely the second one. Hmm. Yeah, that was like 90 or maybe was it the 90s yet? Yeah, it was like 92. 91, 92, something like that. Hmm. I feel like my first First show I think I ever saw was local. I'm pretty sure it was, I think it was actually Matricor, which was mm. Eric's, wow. yeah. Eric's band <laughs> from way back. Yeah. yeah, it was a local show at uh, probably like Milestones or something. Yeah. <laughs> Penny Arcade. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it was probably Penny, yeah, probably Penny Arcade. Hmm. Yeah, that was fun. I Kinda. just want to say that my mommy took me on the fourth grade to go see Animant. At the oh, War yeah. Memorial. Oh, nice. What was your What was your guys' first shows? <laughs> mine is pretty embarrassing. Mine's more embarrassing. Well, no, mine is real embarrassing. I just said Adam Ant. <laughs> no, I, I can top that. <laughs> uh, mine was Manowar. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, a friend. Well, you acted like you were going to say new kids on the block, roll, man. Well, all right. So I was fourteen. It was Penny Arcade and. I go, not really a fan. We won tickets off of a radio station, me and a friend. And there's these adult men with loincloths <laughs> on and oiled up on stage with plastic swords. A little uncomfortable. Weird. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> that you just reminded me. Oh, yeah. He still talks about do it. You remember that band? I do. do you remember that band Viv and Ben had? And I still like it. Uh, yeah. Blue Void. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember that singer they had? <laughs> yeah. We we were they were like our age, and this dude was like way older. He was like '80s hair band age, like early '80s hair band. Like, and I remember like they they were doing like Stones, Hubble Pilots, and stuff. I think they did like a living in living or a living color cover and stuff like that. They were doing like you know rock, and he came out in like these short shorts. <laughs> And like he was probably like muscly in like the early eighties or something, but it like that had faded, but the tan had not faded. <laughs> and like he had like in like his shirt was like this ripped uh like flint. He looked like uh like the male stripper who comes out as like the construction worker. Aww. He's got like the work boots on and like 
<laughs> it was, I, I remember being like uncomfortable, like that my friends had to share the stage <laughs> as well as like this guy just being weird. Yeah. They remind, I don't know. They just reminded me of Blue Boy. <laughs> I love you, Viv. <laughs> love you, Ben. <laughs> I love it. Those guys are actually so. Those guys are fantastic musicians, though. John Viviani is a fantastic yeah, yeah. local guitar player. If you haven't seen him around, and Ben Stefanos is another fantastic musician. They, they, they occasionally do like a Led Zeppelin uh, cover band that that's fantastic, and so they're both. So I'm telling that story. Uh, it's a funny story, but they're actually like legit fantastic musicians. Yeah, that's why I always talk about when people ask like you know, like where we, how we got to be where we are. And I was, you know, like to thank all the, all the talent that we grew up with. Like we're very fortunate to grow up with a lot of really good musicians. Oh, you know, totally. Us. Yeah. I remember like in the early contortion days, I was just talking about Ben and that, and that band. Um, he was in like middle school. So we were young and he was even younger. And I remember he came to a contortion practice and like, at this point I'd been playing for like a little bit longer and I was starting to get a little cocky and, thinking i'm pretty good and uh he came to our practice and like in between songs like taking a break he was like hey man mind if i play your bass i was like sure kid go ahead <laughs> he starts playing tommy the cat i'm like everybody's like what <laughs> but i ended up learning he was younger than me and i ended up learning so much from ben yep like we grew up with John and Ben and Nick and there's so much talent. Yeah, they play. So so Nick was another one played piano and and Viv we already talked about. They played in a, a great band called Filthy Funk that was around here for a long time. And their singer was Danielle her, Ponder. Yeah, yeah Danielle Ponder was her singer. She's huge. She's a national act now. Yeah. Wow. So her album's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So like we grew up around a lot of really really talented musicians. Which yeah. Like in Rock your high school, full of them. yeah, yeah, really, it's it's amazing. Uh, yeah, we were we were we were around a lot, and 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 you know, iron sharpens iron too. You know, like you're around your friends who are pushing you, and maybe yeah, you're yeah. pushing them, and you know, and it, 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 abstract was a little bit like that too, because I was always like a little bit, I was always like a step or two behind you guys, and uh, but it pushed me, you know. It was great. Yeah. Do you, were you going to say something, Brian? No, I was just going to say that El Dottori pushed me because he was the the guy in the ultimatum days. Mm. He was the guy that, you you know, he knew how to play anything on guitar as fast as anybody could possibly play it. So you have to keep up with El. Mm. That was the whole thing. <laughs> you know, you're a kid. Competition. Everything's competitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. How fast can you do this part? <laughs> well, I mean, there's like the what's the old saying, the old joke is how many guitar players does it take to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> like one to do it and three to say they could do it faster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if each of you had to pick just one of your instruments as as your favorite instrument, what, what would that be? Oh, it's bass. It's always been bass. No, I mean like which one specifically? Oh, you mean like that I own? Yeah, because you... Your baby. What's your baby? Yeah. Do you still have my PV? No, I sold it. You fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I said I had first rights to buy it. But anyways, George, I had sold that bass I had in abstract. Not You're that, cut not out that of the I, well. Yeah, for real. <laughs> out of the well. <laughs> Fucking hell. You didn't really 
want that bass. <laughs> no, if I wanted it, would have been only for sentimental value. Yeah. That bass wasn't that great. Yeah. Um. Uh, I have a. I, uh, Not your jazz. I love the jazz. It's like, which, what's what's your jazz. favorite kid? You know. <laughs> um, it's easy for me. I'd say my my Guild Starfire all day long. That's my baby. Yeah. Well, with like my basses, it's always like, which is the one for the job? You know. Yeah. Um, I have a a, a seventy two P bass build mm-hmm. that I did with with Brian's help along the way. Um, it's a Warmoth parts, and I freaking love it. Mm. it I play. That's my main bass. The P bass, I think, is if you have to pick one bass, it's the P bass. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's a it's a monster in the studio. Its tone is really hard to beat. It plays great. It sounds good live. It's reliable. It's a beast. It weighs a metric ton. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think my P bass, but my jazz bass is is right there too. Uh, it's uh, I guess that would be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great bass. Um, and then I I love my upright too. Um, but yeah, the P bass. I guess if I'm picking one. Mm-hmm. How about you, Brian? I think contractually, I have to say my LTDs. <laughs> <laughs> it checks out. But in reality, actually, the um, the one LTD, the tele-shaped one, is fantastic guitar. And I got to say, though, my Strandberg is the best guitar I've ever played or owned hmm. in my entire life. But it's so tiny, and I'm such a big guy. You'll never see me play it because it looks like I'm playing a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> but you- I love my Charvels. I just love. I, I I don't really hold any sentimental values for any guitars except for the one my dad bought me in '94. Um, that's the only guitar I'll never sell. But um, which is a Strat, a USA Strat. But um, you know the the guitars I have right now, the um, ESP family stuff, the Charvels, Defenders, and at Strandberg are just, they're all great playing guitars. So. Mm. Do you play that guitar your, your dad bought you? What's that? Do you ever play like gig with your that guitar, that strat that your dad bought you? Um, I play it a lot at home. Um, I played it quite a bit in my old band BML. Um, I sort of retired it from live use at this point i mean it still plays great i mean i could certainly but i have other guitars that i could bring out and uh the the fender i basically just restored i i went i i had like every possible combination of humbuckers and p90s or whatever you know i tried every so i just restored it back to it's a black strat white pick guard single coils just restored it back to that kind of Coffee deal vintage. so yeah and um yeah, so it's just going to stay that way, and I don't really have any bands that require that right now. But nothing beats that position four in a strat, hmm. the the middle and neck pickup together. Mm-hmm. I love that. I like it too. <laughs> yeah, I love strats. Love. Oh. Yeah, I only have a G and L guitar, and an acoustic. I actually hate playing guitar. It's my least favorite instrument to play. <laughs> Those little tiny strings. <laughs> Jeez. You sound like Toby, you know? Strings. It's digging into my fingers. <laughs> um, would you guys like to open the box of nonsense questions? Yeah. Let's do it. Is this the box? That's the box, yeah. 
What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? All right, let's do it. Would you like to go first, George? Actually, I was just thinking of what he, that quote where he just said. That's from uh, what? Uh, seven. Seven. Yeah, yeah, that's it. What's in the box? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got to read the question. Not All in your right. head. Assuming a, yeah, no, this is radio. <laughs> Assuming a moderate climate, how long could you survive in the wilderness with no supplies? Oof. I the <laughs> that would be good. That just reminded one. me of the quad story. <laughs> yeah. We survived the day. I'd say a day. Yes. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> because my whole family. They're all like hunter fishermen, and I'm the oddball black sheep of the family, the musician artsy <laughs> one that would not probably survive too long. <laughs> the, can I tell the quad story? Sure. All right. You can you can add details too. So George's family, as he had mentioned, you know, like hunters, outdoors or outdoors folk, and and um, they they have uh, some property and a cabin that his dad actually and family built, and. Um, they have four wheelers. And so George knew that there was this field. He's like, dude, we got to get, we got to take the quad out. We're going to go, you know, go tear up the field, right? Like rip it up, drive around. So he wasn't entirely sure how to get there, but they had this very smart German shepherd. They're like, just follow, just follow the dog. He'll lead you out to the field. Sure enough, dog leads us out to the field. We didn't, we didn't remember to, to, to look where we came into the field because the field was like totally surrounded by trees, right? <laughs> that all looks, like you're looking around, it's like, where did you? So anyways, we go up, we're tearing it up and, and you know, going flying around the field, you know, we go up to the top of this hill, come down the other side, you know, it's grass flying by, George's like got the throttle, you know, opened up and all of a sudden, we're like airborne and probably Oops. a good, probably good, like 10 or 12 feet above the ground going over a Creek that we, you could not see like going down the hill and uh, <laughs> like we cleared it. Bam. We hit down our heads. Thank God we were wearing helmets. Cause I remember we hit, we hit down so hard. Our heads clocked and it knocked the wind out of me. And, uh, like we got, we got off the quad, like try to get our bearings, but we could not, we got lost like all day long and uh so finally i was like i, I took the i took over and we, and when i say we were lost like we were lost in the woods like the dog was with us the poor dog was with us the whole time uh going up and down all these hills and through the forest and so anyways i ended up driving i got us out to the main town there's a little town nearby like a one light town there's one light uh, main street and we got to the gas station luckily i had like a few bucks in my pocket it was enough to get us something to eat and we're sitting there with the dog who's like half dead at this point <laughs> and uh like what the hell are we gonna do and this local kid like just walked up he's like hey what's up man what are you, you guys from around here and and uh we're, we told him our story and it's like hey man if you guys are gonna be stuck around here you guys should you guys should hang out and party man we're gonna have a party at my house later George very wisely was like, oh, you like to party, man? And he was like, oh, yeah, dude, smoke weed, yeah. And uh, he's like, listen, if you give us a ride back to our place, uh, we got weed. We'll hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> and so, thanks to marijuana, <laughs> we got back to camp. <laughs> and uh, we got back to camp, and everybody's like, where the fuck have you guys been? <laughs> it's like dark at this point, and yeah, we got our balls busted for 
eternity after that. But <laughs> it just reminded me of that. So back to I would not be the guy. <laughs> yeah. you, want, you want? We couldn't get out survival. of a field. We couldn't get out of a field. So. <laughs> Right. You and I should not hang out together. Then yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'd be we'd be lost. Yeah. What ac- what activity would you dominate if it were turned into an Olympic event? Um, I have a very freakish skill. You know, when you open up a cabinet, <clears throat> something falls out. I will catch it every <laughs> single time. You make that an Olympic event, I'm going to dominate the motherfucker. Okay? That's a superpower. Like, I, if my hands are full, if something falls out of the cabinet, I will pin it against the wall with my elbow. Or that, I did that the other day. I was putting, I came into, I had like groceries and stuff, and I'm like trying to get the cabinet door open and something falls out, and I like pinned it with my, my knee. Yeah, so if things falling out of the cabinet... We're in an Olympic event. Mm. I'd own that. Michael Jordan. I, I would be the Michael Jordan of catching <laughs> things that fall out of cabinets. I'm going again. Um, how about Brian? Uh, uh, I've already done this. Quarks. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh yeah. What's the big? <laughs> What's the biggest lie you've ever told your parents? Oh Jesus. <laughs> I feel like you're not a liar. Next. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I was actually a really good kid. That means you can't reveal what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I got a blank piece of paper. I just want to look at Oh. Good job, Jen. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Which came first, the universe or time? Oh, uh, that's a deep one. Not or not really. The universe had to come first. Oh, time okay. is a concept that can't happen without the universe exists. Well, there you go. Do you guys want to do one? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Don't. Nah. We like watching. God, you. see yeah. how you treat your guests. <laughs> All right. That looks like. Would you rather thing. suffer a lifetime or heartbreak, a lifetime of heartbreak, or uh, never have experienced love? Mm, that's interesting. Well, how could you have heartbreak if you've never experienced love? True. Would you rather experience? It's a rhetorical question. (laughs) (laughs) What's your answer, George? Uh, I think it's really like, would you, you know, rather have known love and lost it or never known love at all? True. So I would have to say, yeah, I would have to go with the heartbreak. Yeah. I think there's incredible value in heartbreak. Yeah. Some of the best you lessons learn. I've had in life have been from heartbreak. Yeah, but it's, it's a lifetime of heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to go with the heartbreak to never experience love. Yeah, especially at this point, you don't want to go back, right? Yeah. And I would, I would have to say yes. All right. If you could have picked your own name... What would it be? I actually hate my name. I've never liked my name. My name's Matthew, of course. What are you going with? And my, my, I just think it's so boring. My parents picked, literally, my middle name is Michael. Can I, can I my pick My parents it? picked the most two common names and slapped them together. <laughs> and I always felt like I am not common. I am cooler than Matt. I always liked the name Dean. Yeah. Do you want me to call you Dean for now? No, it's 
<laughs> I you, will. Call you Flynn like on Breaking Bad. <laughs> All right, one more, right? I got a red piece. Is if it blank? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you were given unlimited wealth, but you couldn't see your friends or family again, would you take it? No. That's done. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah. I feel like that's a question for like a 15 year old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never talk to anyone again. <laughs> I hate my family. I'll anyways. buy a new family. <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking about your skill with the cupboard, mm-hmm. I thought um, about my impeccable skill. No matter where oh. I am, oh. if I throw something no. across the room, it will land in Ken's eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks to yeah. Your poor yeah. eyes. Yeah. What were you going to say? That you never put the lid on anything. Oh, right. Ever. <laughs> That's that, not a skill. Yeah. Fucking... Do you leave the chip bags open and put it? No, in? I don't. Okay. All right. But I do leave lids. Yes. Like if there's a big thing of powder in the cupboard... Of some kind of powder. I just said it. It'll be in there with the lid just setting on top. (laughs) And if you, yeah. I I never grab anything by the lid in this house. I figured out that I'm an extremely petty person who's superficial as fuck because when it was raining and I was on my way home from wherever, I was amazed about how awesome I am with my wiper delays. And then I started watching everybody else on the road. And how poor, shitty they are at using their wiper delays <laughs> and adjusting them on a consistent basis compared to how much rain is coming down on your windshield. Guys, figure it out, man. Where your wiper delay shaming? It is satisfying. Fuck you. I mean, you can fucking brake check me. I don't give a fuck. But if your wiper delays are fuck, <laughs> get your shit together, guys. Yeah, get your shit together. <laughs> I mean, if it's like stopped raining and your blades are going a thousand miles an hour, you look like a chooch. <laughs> <laughs> so have you guys received any feedback on the release? Uh, most of the feedback we've gotten is like, holy shit. <laughs> I remember you guys. Or um, the com- some of the comments have been funny. Like I saw one was like, saxophone abstract? Question mark. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jody. That was Jody. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, yes, saxophone. Um I haven't I haven't, but it was um it was really heartening to to hear these again. The 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 last two tracks on this were really uh, recorded for posterity's sake cuz it, it was pr- we we knew Dom had oh, been accepted true. and yeah. to Berkeley and uh Berkeley School of Music, and we we wanted to get these things recorded, so we had them for yeah, just just to fun. have them. Yeah, when and we recorded those songs; they were for absolutely nothing but ourselves. Yeah, we knew it. You know, we weren't going to have another release, most likely, and and uh, yeah, and so I was just really, just really pleased to be able to put them out and to have people hear them and. And most people haven't, I mean, the only ones that really had them were us, yeah. you know, like I'm sure I played it for somebody at some point, but you know, not, it was, it was just for us. Well, the cool part is, I mean, with abstract is that there it's, you guys are very much in today's world. Um, you fall under the, if you know, you know, kind of 
category. Yeah. Um, like you don't like the anytime mention somebody mentioned abstract, you're like, oh yeah, abstract. Where you know, it, so you guys are always kind of like in the pocket, but kind of like hidden a little bit. Yeah, sure. And uh, you know, I mean, I went probably a decade without thinking about abstract and then yeah me too i see you and i'm like oh shit abstract <laughs> yeah. and uh i mean to jody's point holy shit that band you know saxophone or a lot, and, of, a lot of times people remembered us by the blue tape <laughs> like, yeah that was the other thing our demo had a blue tape yeah that was dominic's choice yeah. he's like i want the blue tape we're like all right blue tape it is it's like a clear blue cassette um, so a lot of people that have already discovered the lethargies and the big hairs and all that stuff and have gone back, now they have some abstract to be able to come back to, too. And yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it feels good. It feels, uh, yeah. We we really loved this band and we loved each other. Like, we were close friends, too. There was True. no drama and animosity. There was no big blow up at the end where, fuck you, it's him or me. There was none of that shit. Um, it was... Uh, yeah, like friends, like good friends, like just making music and having fun and it was all of it. So I'm glad we get to share it out there. And I think it's the best. I think it's the best stuff we did. Illusions, the first track on there, I think is quintessential abstract. It is, it's got everything in it. It's, yeah, it's got a little bit of it's the like whole a, gamut on that one. Yeah, it's like yeah. nine minutes long. There's 547 changes. <laughs> there are real, there are parts of it though. I really, really love. I love in there <clears throat> that there's this beautiful saxophone melody yeah. and we take that same melody and keep twisting it and twisting it into like, and it eventually becomes like a metal riff. And I, there's just elements in our love. George has a fan his best solo and abstract is in there. Uh, I love the solo in that. At the um, end there? Yeah. yeah. Um, it ha it just has just so much of all of us in it, you know? Um, and uh, I, I love that. Um, Is that your favorite track? Yeah. I, 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 I love them all for different reasons. Reflection was like, in abstract, it was like the first song that like was like, okay, here's my song, you know? And uh, I had contributed, you know, fairly to the other stuff but you know they were you know the bulk for sure uh but it was like the first one that was like mine um ironically though george added, george added one riff to that song and it's my favorite riff in the song <laughs> oh, it's the pentatonic it's the pentatonic it's the pentatonic riff it's a pentatonic lick toward the end of the tune um and then uh and Groove Tune was fun because uh, that was like the beginning of a transition for us. You hear the transition within those three songs. Uh, you know, that I song think, almost has like a clutchy vibe. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The that. vocals remind me a lot of Living Color. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, who who are still... Was yeah, Clutch was dude. Um, yeah, there was, you know, all kinds of stuff in there. And, um, and I think... This would have been the transitional album, I think, for us to another sound. Mm -hmm. um, I think we would have ended up going, you know, funky, more Full funky. clean vocals. Yeah. Probably. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think that we were probably heading in that in that direction. I've always had a, a ver I asked these guys, I don't like it when people mix dirty vocals and clean vocals, but somehow it works 
on that older shit, like the the stuff that you guys did. Yep. It's mm-hmm. you know it, that comes more down to like the death metal metalcore kind of thing for me. But sure. Uh, yeah, like I love the mix when you, you just you know, suddenly hear Tom. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it makes those moments. I think what we, you know, what we what we did was we built in peaks and valleys, right? So those yeah. those peaks hit harder because you you were taken down a different, right. you know, yeah. taken to a low, um, <clears throat> and the lows hit harder because you just came from a high high place. Yeah, sure. yeah, and and I've always, I always have loved the play of dynamics in music um uh and in all you know in any style you know but uh i think the dynamics in abstract were what made those those things hit made it work it's actually interesting because he mentioned what like if we had an abstract nowadays like what it would sound like and i think if i did say i mean i think we would probably incorporate the style a lot of the same styles but we'd probably have a a cleaner way of the songwriting as far yes. as forcing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in the songwriting element, you know, like, yeah, I've definitely like, you know, studied music a lot more. And of I course, feel like as a songwriter, you know, we've all gotten better. And, you know, I think, uh, we probably weren't the most skilled songwriters. No, as far as not a, no. kind of forcing ideas. Like, but you could hear in this one versus the first EP. First EP was just all those ideas pinging around, you know, and it made it fun. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. And but here there's there's like a chorus. <laughs> there's a there is a chorus, you know, there's two I think in this or maybe three. We these songs like or they would we would have repeated themes. Um so like in reflection, it's all kind of playing on a theme. So it does riff, but it always comes back to a central theme and in between those the those choruses that in between those central themes there are like it takes it to uh, a groove that is uh, a play on the central theme. So it was becoming, it was it was getting, it was inching toward traditional songwriting. I think. Right. I don't know if we ever would have been a A B A B C A B B kind of a band, but we would have. I think we would have gotten. We, we maybe we would have gotten there. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say. Though. I mean, the way the music, even pop music, has evolved, it's no longer the A B A B C. You know, it's now like everything is just more about the dynamics with songs. Like you listen to a lot of these new people, you know, these singer songwriters that are basically doing modern alt pop. Um, their songs are going back to like 60s, 70s style songwriting. And uh, sometimes it's not so linear. A lot of times it's build up, build up, build up, build up, build up. Yeah. Until it just explodes. Or sometimes yeah. it's just a nice little even thing. But it's usually something unique nowadays. So it's, uh, I would, I, I'm just basically saying that even like, you know, your top, top 40 kind of stuff. It's kind of driven away from that usual ACDC style of songwriting, yeah. uh, you know, or your Britney Spears, whatever, where it's just like first chorus, first chorus, bridge, blah, blah, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, you guys were ahead of your time, basically, <laughs> you know, in that in that regard. It's just all dynamics now. It's, it's more about the dynamics than it is the song structure, but they still sound like they're structured so well. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Because the dynamics just hit you in the right way. I appreciate yeah. that. You had said that same thing when we were, we had board game day over at my house here like a month ago, and you said the problem with that band was it was too ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, the reason I definitely felt like I remember hearing kind of bands 10 years, 20 years later kind of doing similar things. It's like, oh, well, you know, these guys yeah. sound great. Yeah, I mean, even like not far after Abstract, like maybe like three, four, five years, like Incubus came around and their first EP, Stinky Panic, had like drums and didgeridoo and like it had, it, it did have a sax player in it, you know, and they weren't as heavy as we, we were, but you know, like hard rock, you know, yeah. mixed with, and you know, there was, it was, I think it was a little of its time, maybe, but. That's why we lost our audience a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming to talk to us. And thank you for allowing us to help you guys release the unreleased demo after all this time. <laughs> no, for real. Like, I do have to give you, I know I've thanked you like a thousand times, but I'm going to do so publicly now. And I just let you guys know, I was like, really appreciate you guys putting this out and getting behind it and making it happen. And, yes, uh, thank you for real. It's well, thank you guys very much. Really appreciate it. it. Now we expect more <laughs> as a record label. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just I got kidding. ideas. I got ideas. <laughs> and Brian, thank you for all yeah. your support. Yeah, absolutely. That awesome video. Yeah. Yeah. No oh yeah. Problem. Brian made that video. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Matt and I were just like, oh, if you could just like hold up like the abstract release and like say nice words about it. And then he comes back with like some polished nice promo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just imagine me holding a seat. This good. <laughs> I like good. <laughs> well, no, this is, that, was, that video is the stuff that I do every day. So, you know, I well, whip that awesome. out in a couple hours and. It was fun to do because I got the, I got to make my own little version of the little abstract man on the cover. Yeah, and animate him into that position and everything, and uh, yeah. it was fun little. George, have you seen the CD yet? I have not. Seen Wait, it hold on. You haven't seen it I, yet? <laughs> I brought this one over. It looks great. So, yeah. Jen, do we? I have saw a, it on the computer, Matt. Do we have a tally of how many times I've been on the show now? Oh man! I know we went through this last time. Is this the seventh time? I think it's about the seventh time. I think we need to have uh, some kind of billboard. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> I agree. Tally marks. Yeah. Just me and Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Competition. <laughs> well, yeah, Eric will be on again with Walt Hexen. So. I hope so. I don't know. You'll just have to keep. Coming up with uh, <laughs> reasons to come back. If I get Bug House back together, oh, there you go. Yeah. I'll play bass. <laughs> Actually, when you when you uh, do your solo project, uh, oh that's right, yeah, back. yeah, I gotta get started. BML, <laughs> BML's done. I know I gave hope last time, but PML is done. Mm. All right. Well, thank you guys so yes, much. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Love you guys. 
Absolutely. We love you too. Yes. We're going to end the show with two more songs. The first being another song off of the unreleased abstract demo. The song is Groove Tune. And then after that, a band that Matt was in after abstract, The Legacy, with the song Reciprocity. Until next time. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't be an asshole. And don't go into the woods with the abstract fellas.
right, this is our last song for the night, but we're gonna make it count. I know, I know. It is bullshit. It's total bullshit. But we're gonna make this one count. This one's called Reciprocity.
much. Let's hear it for Paul. This is his last show. He fucking rocks. Yeah,